Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. We're studying 1 Thessalonians. The theme? Contagious. These folks had contagious faith, contagious love, and contagious hope. And the more real we are, the more contagious we become. Looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. Hey, how can we protect our purity before God and our dignity before men? Sin is sin. But no sin seems as destructive and devastating as sexual immorality. Those who give in to sexual sin see their walk with God turn into a walk of shame and bankrupt their trust accounts with everyone close to them. They confuse lust with love and kind of start loving their sin more than they love their spouse, their kids, and even their God. Lust is a selfish lover and is never satisfied until it totally controls the heart of its victim. You know, God gives clear warning in regards to the addictive nature of sexual temptation. Most can quote the first phrase of Psalm 101.3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. We've heard it preached and counseled ourselves with the same phrase. Too many overlook the motivation behind the proclamation. I hate the work of them that turn aside. Everyone who works or are involved in such immoral entertainment industries are souls who will spend somewhere forever. Our hearts should break over their souls. The last phrase of Psalm 101.3 is, It shall not cleave to me. It will not cleave, cling, or become a habit in my life. Many say that pornography is more addictive than most of the heroin that's on the market today. The addictive nature of sexual sin is powerfully enslaving. A great book to help those who have already become enslaved to sexual sin is entitled Finally Free by Heath Lambert. He warns, quote, pornography has now chewed them up and spit them out. At the beginning of the journey, watching people commit acts of sexual immorality seemed fun, intriguing, comforting, and exhilarating. Now the sin has bitten back hard. Their hearts are weighed down with the guilt. Their relationships are strained. Their view of sex is corrupted, and their Christian witness is marred. This comes from his book, Finally Free. Great book. I encourage you to get it. You see, God wants the best for our lives. This simple phrase would be a definition for the will of God. God's will for our lives is God's best for our lives. He warns us to stay away from everything and anything that we would begin to love more than we love him. Sanctification is, in essence, staying away or abstaining from all types of sexual sin. To be sanctified or holy is to be set aside from sin to God. The Thessalonians turn from idols to God. Positionally, we are sanctified by God as salvation. We are his holy people. Practically, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we daily seek for progressive sanctification as we choose right over wrong. Learning to say yes to purity and no to impurity is part of the spiritual growth, which is motivated by our love for God and his love for us. Now, Paul's use of the phrase, quote, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, really pulls the mask off of selfishness and shows us that only selfish, arrogant people insist and persist in sexual sin. Everyone means everyone. No exceptions. No excuses. We all can learn how to control our own bodies in a way that honors God in holiness and protects our integrity before others. Anything that can be known can be learned. Everyone needs to do their homework. If those struggling with sexual temptations would spend as much time learning through scripture, memorization, or meditation, as they do sinning and trying to cover their sin, they would know how to control their bodies in an honorable, dignified, holy way.
So the opposite of holy sanctification and honorable integrity would be what Paul calls the lust of concupiscence. Lust is an intense desire for something that God never intended for you to have. Concupiscence has the idea of a passionate, inordinate desire. Putting these two words together implies a double dose of unrelenting, intense, passionate desire to be involved in sexual sin. Remember, the Thessalonians did not live in our world or culture today. In their day, the idolatrous worship was nothing more than a religious way to satisfy such sexual desires. They were surrounded by a world that said sexual sin was no problem. It's okay. Everybody's doing it. We live in a similar world. But remember, those who justify all kinds of sexual sin are included in those who, quote, know not God. The word Gentile or pagan is simply referring to unbelievers who did not know God and had no desire to know God. So those professing believers who try to justify their addictions or lifestyles that include sexual perversion of any kind are actually acting and living like unbelievers who do not know God. And that's sad. Remember, God's will is for all of us to be holy. So what should we do? Stay away from all sexual sin. In doing so, we will learn how to control our own bodies and live in holiness and honor. We can all protect our purity before God and our dignity before men by God's power and God's grace. We can all be pure in our impure world. Hey, this is tough stuff to deal with, but thank you for listening. Our time is up, but I do hope that this has been a help to you. And I just want you to know that this is a day the Lord made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. But I really hope that you today have a good day.